0: This is an APAC EO production. Welcome to episode 89 of the EO Business Podcast for APAC. I'm Brendan Tarazzi, the host of the show. And today I'm joined with Karen and Matt Ward from Honest to Goodness. Hi, guys. Hi,
1: Brendan. Hi, Brendan.
0: Thanks for having us. So, you guys are quite new members to EO. Uh, Karen, can you tell me? What was the reason for joining?
1: Uh, I think it's that peer uh, support. Like it's nice to have the support of other business owners. Um, that's probably the main reason um, and to help us elevate our own business. Um, yeah.
0: And, and, Matt, how long have you guys been uh, business partners?
2: Uh, so the business we started at a farmer's market stall in 2002. Oh, nice. Yeah, so and uh, pretty rudimentary set up to begin with and we've just grown since then um, and worked together pretty much the entire time. Um, so Karen's been my integrator.
0: Okay. Were you guys married before?
1: Yes, we were. Yeah,
0: yeah okay. So it wasn't a, uh, a love in the workplace thing. It was a love first and then <laughs> evolved into a business. Yeah.
1: Okay.
0: How how long have you two been married?
1: <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> so for
0: those that can't see, they're both looking at each other a little bit uh, weary-eyed and saying...
2: <laughs> 23 years. <laughs>
0: 23. Oh, congratulations. Amazing. That's great. My wife and I have just celebrated. Uh, we were just in Vegas and did an Elvis uh, wedding, like a kind of a drive-through thing, and we're almost 21, so... Oh, was well <laughs> that like a, a renewal thing or yeah, it was a it was a renewal and apparently um they're they're about to ban all the sweatings for some reason, but um it was a lot of it was a lot of fun. So yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. So Karen's background, um the background for her, like I sort of started it off. Um and then Karen was working as a pharmacist and we started uh, had kids happening and um, she could tell that I was probably out of my debts and so she stepped in to, <laughs> to help out and that was more by accident that Karen ended up working here but um, yeah obviously it's just continued on from then. So
0: how do you um, I guess you know for couples that are in business together uh, this is probably directed to you uh, firstly Karen how, how do you put like I mean, do you have boundaries in place to sort of, I don't know, stop work, coming home and uh, that sort of thing? Or how, how, do you, how do you manage that with kids and family and business? And- I think
1: when you get home, like, I mean, yeah, work's a big part of our life because we obviously love what we do. So it's not really work, you know, like it's sort of we talk about food and work probably more so than most people would. <laughs> but it's also... I don't see it as being unhealthy because we also enjoy it. And, um, and, you know, we have four kids, so there's a lot of other things to talk about. So usually when you get home, there's certainly works the least interesting thing that's going on. So it sort of naturally takes its course.
2: Yeah. yeah. But for us, uh, we're both joining EO, and, and one of those reasons is that we do have a consciousness around um, ensuring that we do try to develop some boundaries around what's work and what's fun and what's home life. And I guess that's one of the, uh, I mean, I'm, for me joining EO, I guess one of the driving factors is I think I possibly lean on Karen too much for, for work advice and yeah. I'm looking for, I guess, an EO peer group to so that I'm not leaning on her as much in our day-to-day life. Yeah, no, that might, that makes sense.
1: But we we also tend to agree with each other. So it's like we're both because we run a business together and have similar thought patterns. It's like oh, we think that this is you know we think that what we're thinking is is the right thing to think. And I think EO will bring a whole other perspective, like a different opinion to the one yeah. we share. So that would be really beneficial.
0: So with two similar think- thinkers, has that worked in your favor? I mean, you've been in business for a long time now, right, 20 years, so there oh. must be something
2: that... Well,
1: it's good to have someone else who might challenge your thinking. I think that's, yeah. that's a, a real bonus.
2: Yeah. Certainly, I guess what we would, we're looking forward to receiving during, from our EO um, groups is, um, yeah, is someone challenging how, how we think and decisions that we we're making um but certainly our roles in the business are very different i mean um i'm the the loose loose ideas type guy like the fan i guess the typical founder or Start. You're the, you're the creative one start a thousand things and finish none of them and <laughs> karen's quite meticulous and you know she's been like literally the integrator like Probably filters the good ideas from the bad ones and works out how to systemize it and develop processes and ensure yep. that we implement and execute well.
0: Yeah. So you I guess you better tell us what honest to goodness does. I'm I'm thinking it's in in food, but yeah, give us a bit of an yeah. elevator pitch on on um what your business That's is.
1: Good. It started as a food business. So it's all about sustainable agricultural practices and supporting um, supporting that through what we do and getting those foods to um, people as affordable, really, as possible, accessible. Um, so we sort of, we supply um, food to in, mostly independent grocery and direct-to-consumer market, um, and we've moved more into products for the home, so sustainable cleaning products, products. Um, um, some health and beauty products in the last few years as well. So it's all the better for you. Mostly organic. Probably ninety percent of our range is organic food and um, sustainable lifestyle products.
0: So do you do you have any perishable items that you stock?
1: Uh... Uh, most, yeah, <laughs> yeah, probably most of them. So, yeah. Oh
0: right, okay. But like, are you literally
2: doing like fresh fruit and veggies, or is it more sort of packaged?
1: But, yeah, so everything has an expiry date, that's for
2: sure. Mainly dry goods and, yeah, we have a massive exposure to things that have, yeah, a shelf life.
0: Right. Yeah, you both laughed when I said perishable because is that a bit of a pain point for you or...?
1: Uh, yeah, well, um, all our food's preserved, so we don't have, we, we have no artificial colours, flavours or preservatives, so things expire more quickly than if...
2: You know, than if oh, yeah, yeah. You know
1: power preserved so, <laughs>
2: we have a warehouse full of our life savings that has a shelf life if people don't buy it but, you know yeah. it goes to food waste yeah wow so is that is that like a pressure or a stress
0: that you have to move it or have you worked after 20 years have you worked out systems where you you you're good at ordering and and know how yeah, quickly things turn around
1: and a big issue I think products that expire. I mean, it's probably more risky with new products where you're not really sure of the demand and you might have to sort of purchase them in large quantities, but um, we're pretty fortunate really that our customers, we have a fairly strong customer base and they tend to support most things we do. Okay.
2: Uh, There's a consciousness when you look at your balance sheet and work out what what dollar value you're carrying in. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Can you tell us about a a
0: product that you've launched that, I don't know, was far and away more hugely successful than you're anticipating? Have you got an example of something that you have been surprised at recently that um, has sort of really taken off? Uh, recently. Um... Well, it doesn't, it can It can be any time really, just like something that, I don't know, you've come up with an idea and then it's, um, you know, it's been really well accepted in the marketplace.
2: I mean, the challenge for, I guess one of the challenges for our business is that we're we're quite a, I guess what we're trying to do is uh, demystify food and demystify products and take them back to their, you know, ingredients that your grandmother used to use. So we, um, and it's more a focus on how it's um, the supply chain and how it's grown or how it's produced without chemicals or artificial inputs. So I guess, I guess that one of the challenges of the business is that we're not doing massive innovation in food products. If anything, we're trying to strip a lot of products okay, back yeah, to well, what they um, looked like got you. 50 years ago got you. when your grandmother was cooking yeah. in the kitchen as opposed to, you know, um, some... Some new widget or fancy thing that's um, readily available, but but and and so it's more of a marketing story about trying to engage um, customers in you know yeah what porridge might apply like or But I, I, think,
1: I think as far as products go, I think probably coconut. Like uh, who would have thought that coconut could be so could be so widely used in so many different things? Like thank goodness for coconut, I'd yeah. say. It's a really popular product, and you know it's coconut whipping cream, coconut flakes, coconut cream, coconut sugar, coconut scrubbing brush. Like coconut is like, you know, a, such a versatile product. It's probably the one that that um, coconut oil, yeah, <laughs> coconut nectar. Like what? What can't you do with a coconut? So yeah, yep. coconut's probably our, our favourite.
0: And so, is your business model that you actually? manufacture it or are you sourcing from other suppliers and and you're the distribution arm
1: mostly sourcing from like growers and we might repackage or um, we might blend a few things
2: together Um, we try not to call it manufacturing so we more think of it as production and that we we might blend or uh, reformat into a different size that you know, packs up and ships more efficiently or something like that. Got you.
0: So that's your, your value add is but it's a distribution and it's also the kind of combination of ingredients to make yes. something that's sellable.
2: Supply chain and distribution is what we spend a lot of time and energy on. Um, yeah. Unique production systems and how do we get it to as many people as possibly, as efficiently as possibly in a format that, you know, yeah. like... That works.
0: Yeah. 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 What about um, the big, you know, grocery stores like Coles and Woolies? Is that, do they have an appetite for your products? Or is it, or are you more sort of your Harris yeah. Farm and? can
1: um... play Harris Farm. Yeah. We get approached by Coles and Woolworths too, but it's just often, it's just, it doesn't work price wise. You know, we have raw ingredients and they have fairly significant margins that they want to work with. So, um, yeah. Supply a few things into Costco, um, who have a different model, and that works quite well for us. Um, it reaches a whole different kind of consumer, mm-hmm. um, but Cosmo Worth isn't a focus for us,
0: yeah, fair enough. And I mean, that that's it sounds from what I, you know, from speaking to other people, that's a real kind of price volume game, and yeah, and then you sort of have risk as well. In that, if you put all your eggs in one basket, it's then they change their mind, then it's. It gets tricky, doesn't
2: it? I guess early on, as a business, we identified that we would be overexposed if we if we did deal with them, and um, and then over time, we've just managed to grow a business that uh, you know managed to grow essentially what is a food business without having to deal with the two biggest food sellers in the country, and um, and for us we're reasonably conservative in our mindset and it does give us a level of comfort that we don't really have any concentration of customer and we've built a distribution network that, you know, doesn't overly expose us to any one person at, at any point in time. So, you know, we can sleep at night.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. That's great. So was COVID a, a sort of a growth time for you guys or a challenging time? How did that, how did that play out?
1: It was both of both of those. All of the
0: above. <laughs> yeah, um,
1: and it, it, I mean, we're
2: still, I guess, got the hangovers of COVID in that the, our supply chain is really um, struggling, and um, domestic both domestic distribution and freight is still challenged, and um, and um, Just costs escalating, costs rising like crazy. Um, But demand side, we definitely benefited from people consuming more foods and more products in their home, Um, and we saw a bit of a change in our customer mix where, I I guess, direct-to-consumer was strong, um, whereas distribution into cafe and restaurants was obviously soft. So, and and that's um, our business model is we've, I guess, got a diverse range of products to a diverse group of customers, um, and that's enabled us to weather some of the turmoil of the last two years. Yep. Yeah. Well.
0: And, and Karen, um, I was going to ask: Do you know, like, what percentage is direct to consumer? Like, do you sell through a website direct, or is it is it mainly with, through with, your?
1: Um, direct to consumer. Um. So that's probably like 10 or 15 It's probably more close to 15% of our revenue. Um, but we also have a, a, a wholesale direct-to-consumer market as well where people gather together as families or community groups and will purchase um, products wholesale pricing. So that's quite a big... Oh,
0: okay. So is that kind of like a... It's like the Costco model but communities getting together to... Yeah, get the benefit of, of bulk purchasing.
1: They just have to, um, you know, have a minimum spend of $500. Um, that's not for everybody, but, like, people that have big families or, you know, might live in remote rural communities that don't have access to, like, a, a health food store, they might be buying, you know, pasta and rice and, you know, either keep flour, big one. So, you know, split it with their friends or keep it in their pantry, um,
2: and it's a minimal, a, a, lot, of, a lot of people who um, shop with us in that way are, are often buying larger format packs, yep. 10, and so pack, packaging is a front of mind consideration for a lot of the, I guess we, we call them um, buying groups or community groups.
0: Yeah. Have you got any, like, I don't know, retreat centres or...? Yeah. As, so I'm, I'm, as you're speaking, I'm going, oh, this would be really good for, like, yoga centres and, you know, that did food. Yeah, we do, yeah.
1: they do buy um, a lot of products from us um, because we have the larger format, I think, as well sort of really is good for that kind of customer who's, like, cooking up a lot of rice or, or activated nuts or yeah. Yeah. just it's the best food to their, to their clients.
0: Have you got your kids involved in... Um the business at all like how what are the age ranges you've got four kids what are the age ranges at the moment
1: mom is 18 yep. so um she does a little bit of work here but she's at university so she's focusing on her studies yeah the, the younger kids are like they don't work here but they're off in they're better off washing the car
2: <laughs> less <laughs> fights or but they are forced to taste things from time to time oh okay uh, yeah. They eat of products, yeah. yeah, and what goes in their lunchbox to school is often, you know, maybe it's it's uh, guerrilla marketing through, you know, sharing dried pineapple across the playground or, mm. Mm. Uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, because of our work does overflow into our personal lives, I mean, I'm sure they hear lots of conversations. When we go away on holidays and we insist on going to every health food store in the town or get dragged through all of those and often complain but
1: (laughs) that's about the extent of their contribution
2: yeah yeah it's always a tricky one um i've got three
0: boys i've got the eldest working for me um just probably two hours a week but it's uh, the other two just don't seem. they're only interested in the 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 second one he's saying oh i'll just take 10 percent of your business he's more the kind of the the delegator, whereas yeah. the first one's happy to do some work and earn some money. But, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's tricky getting your kids working, I think. They, yeah. either, they either have it or they don't. Yeah. And so um, what, what do the, the holidays look like for the ward family?
1: Holiday? But, um, oh, we like a bit of variety. We love to travel. Actually, that was the worst thing about COVID is not being able to go away, like. Sort of we love a bit of adventure and um, always look forward to our holidays. Yeah.
0: yeah. And is the structure of the business, um, like how many staff do you have there? Uh, probably
1: 70 to 80, depending
0: oh, on. Oh, right, okay. So you're, you're at the point where the two of you can go away for a bit and the business will no, still run?
1: you very often go on a nice family trip. And I think when you have, when you work, quite intensely and the kids hear a lot about our business and so I think that's why holidays are really important. So we work hard,
0: play hard. Yep, fair enough. Um, and what what's the plans for the future? Like you've been going for 20 years now, which is a, you know, a really well-established business. Where do you want to take it, honest to goodness, to from here? the
1: opportunity in the next sort of, I think, we've probably got another 10 years left in us. Like. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe longer who knows but i think i think oh, there's a lot of opportunity in the naturalist market and i think we're really well positioned to sort of take the business to the next one yeah. we're sort of really hoping that eo can help us on that journey um because it's you know the next level of growth is harder it's different
2: you know? yeah and also i, I guess we form the view that the, the only way that we can genuinely have a, 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 an impact in production systems and the food that families eat is that we have to do it at scale. Um, so, you know, we, the, the ambition is to grow and grow aggressively and because we think the bigger we are, the, the bigger the impact and the, the, the better the, the world will be as we yeah. grow.
0: Yeah, exactly. So you can actually, you can make change at, you can affect more lives and have more of a positive impact into yeah. different communities. Oh, that's amazing. So on a day-to-day level, it sounds like you're still in very much enjoying what you do. Yeah. Um, most days. Most <laughs> days, yeah. No, it is a bit like that, isn't it? That's like yeah. some days it's all flows and other days it's uh, get me out of here. Yeah. Um, Okay, guys, if if people want to um, find out a little bit more about Honest to Goodness, uh, what is your website?
1: That's uh, goodness.com.au.
0: Fantastic. All right. Well, lovely chatting to both of you and um, congratulations on on your success today.
1: Thanks, Brendan. Lovely to chat to you. Nice to
2: chat.
0: You've been listening to an
2: APAC EO production.
0: I hope you've been enjoying listening to the podcast. If you are, it would be great if you could help us out by leaving us a review and sharing this with friends and colleagues.